Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A gospel reading from the 20th chapter of John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, And the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Grace and peace to you, my siblings in Christ. All right, in case you weren't here last week, Jesus came back. (laughs) Like, for real, he didn't stay dead. So seriously, if you work every other weekend and last weekend was the week that you weren't in church, I mean, wow, like totally an epic move. Like, well done, Jesus, nice job. But, But that was last week, okay? So what happens after the resurrection? Like, what do we do now? Especially as John tells it in his gospel. So I'm going to encourage you to do something. Just kind of put yourself in a different kind of frame of mind. Don't, don't dwell on some of the things that we just heard as Lisa shared the gospel. Don't try to interpret it. Don't try to do all of the stuff uh, that you've, you just always do. Uh, instead, like, take yourself into the place of where the disciples were. Consider the emotions that they might have had while this was happening, not knowing how the story is going to turn out. Imagine how the disciple would feel stumbling upon an empty tomb. Imagine how the disciples would feel knowing, wow, he's, he's really gone. His body's not in here. This doesn't just happen. And then think about how that must have felt. And I think often we rush ahead and start to think about, okay, that's great news and all of this. But in the moment, that's not how they felt. In the moment, they were terrified. 
They didn't have all the answers. They didn't see Jesus yet. They didn't know where he was. And so despite hearing, oh, he's alive, they'd yet to see it with their own eyes. And so we often think of Thomas as the one who doubts, but so do these disciples. To put it in another metaphor, I think about how this must have felt to them and their expectations of how the world works and how life works. Uh, In many ways, it was like they had their bubble burst. It's not how this works. When you die, you're gone. You don't just come back. Completely new paradigm shift for them. And so they're thinking, now what? Everything's in disarray. They're not sure what's going to happen. They're starting to fear for their own lives. And now remember, they're not from Jerusalem. These are some country folk. They're hanging out in the city. They're called Galileans, right? They don't belong here. And so they retreat. They, they go to the upper room. This is the only place that they know, the only safe place that they have. They retreat to their own bubble, hoping that their bubble doesn't burst. And so I can't imagine what that first day was like. The confusion, the disarray, like the scatteredness. And like it's getting towards the end of the day. So what do they do? We're probably getting hungry. We don't know what Thomas is sent to do, but hey, Thomas, why don't you go out and get some dinner? We can't go as a pack. We don't want to raise suspicions. Thomas is either going out to get some food or maybe to scout whether or not the chief priests are looking for them. We don't know what it is, but it's not as if Thomas is just out there going for a stroll, having a nice breath of fresh air. And what does Jesus do? He, he enters a locked room, fully human, fully divine. John is definitely trying to tell us something with this. And suddenly it all makes sense. Now the resurrection means something. This revolutionary transformation impacts us to this day. We live differently because of what has happened, because of what Jesus has done. Our lives are a reflection of the resurrection. And sometimes I think we might just not even really let that sink in and celebrate what the resurrection of Jesus is all about. How does that affect us? Well, I I think about what the resurrection means for when we gather for a funeral. What do we do when we're gathering to mourn a loved one? Well, the resurrection gives us hope. We had three funerals this week. What do you think is the most important message during a funeral? It's because of the resurrection of Jesus that death is not the last word. So we get to actually celebrate death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Yes, we may see the body in front of us or the urn, but we know that that loved one of ours is now experiencing the abundance of God's eternal grace. Death bursts that bubble. Thanks to Jesus, we now have a path forward. The resurrection, though, is more than just about life after death. The resurrection actually affects how we live this life. The disciples, upon the resurrection appearances, they don't just stay in the bubble, do they? They go out. They're not afraid anymore, or whatever fears they have, they're willing to put aside because all of a sudden the resurrection is real. Death isn't going to be the end of them. Their chains are gone. They've been set free. Wow. Being a, being a Christian is about living in the present. 
And it's about knowing that Jesus moves us into the world. I know it's so nice and comfortable inside our little bubble of this sanctuary, but this isn't where we dwell forever. We dwell out into the world. So what's God doing in our hearts when we're not in here? It's tempting. Like, I know it's super tempting to live in our bubbles. It's the reason why it's so hard as the church to go out and make change. It's because we like our bubble. We like our comforts. We like to take care of our own needs. And yes, that's important, but not if it means that we are ignoring the needs of the world around us. When we say that someone's living in a bubble, do we mean that as a positive? Not usually. When we say that you're living in a bubble, it means that you're not open to different ideas. It means that you're trying to shelter yourself from society. And sometimes those bubbles can be intentional, or sometimes we're just oblivious to what's going on. Kind of like plugging our ears and like, I don't want to hear the news. I don't want to know what's going on. It can help us from feeling a bit overwhelmed, certainly, but sometimes when we retreat to that bubble, we don't want to deal with some of the scary stuff that's going on. We don't want to deal with the news. We don't want to deal with the the outside distractions. We just want to be able to kind of shelter ourselves. And honestly, sometimes the voices that we do listen to help kind of create an even thicker bubble. They try to prevent us from seeing the whole picture and fully comprehending what is going on in the world or with someone else. But being a Christian means that we don't stay in that bubble forever. One of our new members is Deacon Steve. Uh, Deacon Steve uh, led the prayer minute a, a couple of weeks ago. And so uh, since he's joined our congregation, he's also been one of our regular attenders at Old Guys on Tuesday. And so uh, I really enjoy his back and forth and conversations that we have. He's, he's always asking really good questions. One of the cool things about Deacon Steve is about a month ago, he reached out to all of us at Old Guys. and He said, hey, I need you guys to pray for me. We're like, sure, Steve, what's going on? He's like, I'm discerning something. And we're like, well, tell us a little bit more about it. He said, he has the chance to teach English. We're like, that sounds great, Steve. And he said, to Ukrainians. And we're like, wow, awesome. He goes, Ukrainians in Ukraine. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, how is that possible? And he told us what this experience was going to be like. He's like, no, well, I'll be able to teach Zoom classes to students who are living in Ukraine Not sure if they'll be able to attend class because at any moment, a bomb might go off over their heads. We encouraged him. We said, Steve, go for it. And so he just started teaching classes. Each week, he's teaching a class with teenage girls in Kiev, and he spends an hour with them on Zoom, modeling conversational English with them, engaging in a cultural exchange, talking about some of the things, like laughing about how silly and stupid their siblings are and trying to bring some normalcy to their lives. But at the same time, Steve said, it's my goal to be a vision of hope for them, to let them know that someone out there, outside of their bubble, cares for them. Because where they are, their parents are literally fighting for survival. You want to talk about getting outside of your bubble? Or what about our circle of welcome team, the the team that's walking alongside a family from Afghanistan, a refugee family that was displaced? This family has faced a lot of challenges. Translators have been difficult to secure, and they don't read. uh, You know, this isn't something that they're able to do yet, so they're not able to to read a translation on a phone yet. So we've seen some significant challenges. Some unforeseen expenses have been popping up. The organization that we work with, uh, Lutheran Social Services of Minnesota, 
has actually warned our Circle of Welcome team to be careful about posting pictures or giving out too much detail or information about this family because they said other families have been targeted and harassed because they're foreign. Because not everyone has recognized the need to welcome the stranger. Our Circle of Welcome team got a chance to meet with them and many of our members have been walking alongside them since this meeting. But when I got a chance to meet with them, we were all sitting around together and as we got to, to learn from the parents and, and get to meet their children, the father was talking about some of his medical challenges. He was, he was complaining about uh, one of the things that he was facing. He started to, you know, he's sitting there and he starts to rub his knee. He told us that back in Afghanistan, he was a soldier. And that while he was a soldier, he'd been shot. And he said, Taliban. We didn't need a translator to figure out what had happened. And I can't help but think about what this family must have gone through to survive, to even be alive. And then I think about how comfortable I am, this Minnesota lifestyle of ours, this life that we live, and it kind of puts it all into perspective, doesn't it? And here we are in Minnesota. We love the expression that we are Easter people. I mean, there's this rallying cry of hope. Yes, we are Easter people. But do we actually live being Easter people? Because the disciples, they were Easter people. Once they saw the resurrected Christ, they didn't stay in that bubble anymore. They got out and they shared the good news. Look, I'm sure it was tempting to stay back. I'm sure it was tempting for them as it is for us. It's, it's really tempting to stay in the bubble. So a simple suggestion for us today. Do something. Like literally, do anything. Do something for someone else. Do something for the earth. It was Earth Day this week. Like there's so many great options that are floating out there on the internet. Like what you can do to help save the earth or do things to help care for creation. I, had, I hadn't heard about this, but like the no may may in order to help uh, pollinators. Or think about ways that you could uh, help with helping save the actual butterflies that are in our world or to be able to help support the honeybees. All of these things. Or think about another thing you could do. It's, it's praying, right? It's like listening to what Robin had to say as Robin was talking about waking up every single morning and praying that in this new day that she was grateful to be alive and the serenity to be able to move forward. We had a baptism at the first service. We pray for the newly baptized. We pray for the children in our congregation that they may grow up and trust that God goes with them. Do something. Get out of the bubble. Meet somebody from another culture. Meet somebody you haven't met. Meet someone and and get to hear their story. Serve or advocate or help or teach or listen or just love. Or maybe it's as simple as just smiling. I mean, we've been wearing masks for so long that people will see your face when you smile now. Being a Christian can be a lot of work, but it can also be a lot of fun. Being a Christian can be rewarding. It can open our eyes to a world much bigger than our own. I think about what the disciples said in that immediate aftermath of the resurrection. They see Jesus and they say, we have seen the Lord And the week later, Thomas, upon seeing the hands and the side of Jesus, says, my Lord and my God. And what does Jesus say? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe. That's us.
we have not physically seen like Thomas. We have not seen like those disciples. Yet, here we are. We believe. We are witnesses to the resurrection. We come here to church. And what do we do? We learn the story. We learn ways to serve. We learn ways to maybe take those bubbles. Sometimes it took a couple chances. And we don't pop those bubbles. We go out into the world as other things pop that bubble for us. We wait. We anticipate. We experience the world around us. We invite the opportunity to be changed, to be willing to learn. We invite the opportunity to be Easter people. Because as Easter people, may others see our faith. And through the glorious work of the Holy Spirit, may they come to believe. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.